It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And John McClain is on the phone lines now to kick off our number two of the show. And, John, we appreciate you as always, my man. Sean Payton stepping away from the Saints. We found that out a little bit earlier today. I know there was some rumbling about that uh, earlier in this offseason. What were your thoughts, and how quickly do you think Sean Payton returns to the sidelines for somebody? Well, I just watched the longest news conference in history, (laughs) and I would sure hate to be the one transcribing the longest news conference in history. But he said he doesn't know what he wants to do. He said he reads all these reports in the media. He doesn't know anything about them. Calls his agent. Agent said, I don't know anything about him. But I guarantee you, Q, the networks are going to compete for him. I don't see him being a game analyst. I could see him being a studio analyst. But one thing he has to consider, anything he says that is negative, while he is an analyst, is going to be used against him when he's a head coach again. And something else, everybody says he may go to the Cowboys. Sean Payton had total control in New Orleans, final say on all personnel. Does he want to go to Dallas where Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have all the say and Will McClay, their great personnel man? Does he want to go there, and would they all agree in writing to give him final say? I don't know about that. That's a good point. If I'm Sean Payton, and I'm going back to New Orleans where I've got total control that's fine. That would be very awkward. What if Dennis Allen, promoted from defensive coordinator, wins the division and goes to the Super Bowl? Then all of a sudden they're going to say, Dennis, sorry, even though you've done a great job, Sean's coming back. And if Peyton goes to another team, they're going to have to pay compensation. And remember, and you know this very well, when Al Davis let John Gruden go to Tampa, he got two first-round picks and two second-round picks. Now, I don't know if it would be that expensive, but I do know this, Q. It would cost at least one number one and other picks to get Sean Payton away from the Saints. Yeah, it's going to cost a lot, no doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I thought the Cowboys, too, that was the first one that popped in my head. But you're right about Jerry Jones and everyone else having all the control there. And I don't think Sean Payton would want that kind of scenario. So, John, let me ask you this. How attractive is that job in, in, in New Orleans right now? They don't have a quarterback. Uh, they, they, their cal- salary cap's not great. I mean, there, there's not a lot to like right now in New Orleans. How, how attractive is that job, in your opinion? Michael Thomas, who owns the all-time NFL record for receiving, he doesn't want to be back. He had a wasted season after they paid him a lot of money. And maybe that's why he wants off for a year. I thought Sean Payton may have done the best coaching job of his career. He played four quarterbacks, including Ian Book, because of injuries, and they still finished 9-8. and eight. And I thought under the circumstances, Q, he did a tremendous job. I did, too. No, I, I thought he did a heck of a job and uh, was interested to see what he was going to do with that quarterback position, but cor- clearly we will not know now since uh, since He didn't want to see what he was going to do with it either. <laughs> no, maybe he didn't. Speaking of quarterbacks, John, let me ask you about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Packers season comes to an end over the weekend. I was surprised by that. Uh, what do you think Aaron Rodgers is going through his mind? What do you think he's going to do uh, after, after he has some time to sit down and think about it with his family? Well, I can say this. Nobody has a clue about what's going on in Aaron Rodgers' mind. 
But I will say this, back when he was holding the Packers hostage up till training camp, two of his former teammates, fullback John Coon and, and uh, offensive tackle Mark Tauscher, who were in the media, as well as receiver James Jones is on the NFL Network, all of them said he would be back. They didn't say, I think he'll be back. They said, I, he will be back. And John Coon, his, his good friend, was the most adamant about it. John Coon has already said he will be back. Mm. And he went on to explain the problem last year was with the GM, Brian Goodikens. They weren't close. And Rodgers wanted some input in what went on. And now they're close. They've developed a good relationship. And two weeks ago, uh, when he was on Pat McAfee, he talked about that relationship and how good it was. So I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back to the Packers. Now, they got a big cap problem. Mm-hmm. And he's got one year left on his contract. The way to alleviate that problem, give him, ex- give him an extension. Mm. Lower the cap figure. He deserves it. They can do it. And I think they will. That's a good idea right there. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL. How about that divisional round of the playoffs, John? Some of the four best games I've ever seen. You've been covering the league for a long time. What did you think of this past weekend? It was the greatest playoff uh, weekend in NFL history, not just since I've been covering the league since 1977, but when I was eight years old in 1960 and the Cowboys and the Oilers were born in Dallas, and Houston, I fell in love with the NFL. And I've seen a lot of great games. And the Buffalo-Kansas City was a great game. But there have been other great games. But the ending, the last two minutes in overtime, there's never been anything like it. And one of the things that, that is being overlooked a lot of places, some bad defensive coaching, some bad calls, and some bad plays. If you've got 13 seconds left on the clock <laughs> and you can't win that game, you probably all deserve to be fired. It's not going to be happen, of course, but it's inexcusable, Q, to be in the situation the Bills were in, number one defense in the NFL, and they were awful at the end. Yep, they sure were. And then, of course, everyone's upset about the overtime rules. I have no problem with the overtime rules as they are right now. John, what are your thoughts on overtime? As much as I would love to see both quarterbacks get the ball, like two years ago, I wanted to see Patrick Mahomes get it, but he didn't. Brady got it, and they won the Super Bowl. And I would love to have seen Josh Allen because I'm a football fan, and we were witnessing the greatest spectacle in NFL history. But until they quit playing defense, and it's just two offenses out there, you tell people, if you want the ball, stop it. Right, <laughs> exactly. I, I'm telling you, I, it's it's funny because you brought up that that Patrick Mahomes against uh, against Tom Brady, and that's when everyone started complaining about the overtime rules. And then, of course, this weekend. But for the most part, John, I mean, it's 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 okay. Again, if you want to get the ball, stop them. And like you mentioned, the Bills should have never been in overtime anyway. Should never been there. That's a great point. Quit your whining about the overtime rule and worry about your defense and not being able to stop a team with 13 seconds left beginning with a bad decision on the kickoff. <laughs> right, exactly. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL here on Unnecessary Roughness. All right, John, the Titans obviously had a disappointing uh, showing in the playoffs <laughs> there. So my question to you is, how do they get rid of Ryan Tannehill for next season? That's what everybody wants to happen in Tennessee, and they're saying they've gone 
as far as they can go with him. Now, the performance of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and young quarterbacks and Joe Burrow just shows Ryan Tannehill is not in that class. Nobody thought he would, but he did the worst thing you can do, turned it over. Mm-hmm. And you can't turn it over. You have to play mistake-free football, starting with the first pass. Okay, if that was the only one, that didn't cost him. But their offense, it's obvious that Derrick Henry wasn't the same. Maybe Deontay Foreman should have uh, gotten more carry. Mm-hmm. But they just got away from what went well, play action. The last pass he threw, he never should have thrown it. It was just a terrible decision. I believe this, DeMond, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft who are not worthy of the top ten, and maybe there's about four that could go in the bottom half of the first round and say there's a guy there at 27, say Matt Corral and Malik Willis. So one of those guys, uh, uh, Sam Howe, I think without a second-round pick, which is in Atlanta because of Julio Jones, that they should seriously take a young quarterback to develop next season, which I believe is the last year in his contract. There you go. I like the way you're thinking. There you go. You got to do something. You got to get a quarterback somehow. You got to find he's the weakest link right now on that team. What about Russell Wilson, John? Do you think he's out of Seattle this year? No, I think he'll be back. I think Rodgers will be back. I think Brady will be back (laughs) because, number one, Russell Wilson's got – three years left on his contract. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers got one year left. Brady's got one year left. Brady told everybody, I want to play till I'm 45, and I don't – I'll leave when I suck. Well, he doesn't suck. He had a great season, threw for over 5,000 yards. Can't imagine he'd want to go out like that. They say his family is going to have a lot to do with it. But you know what? He's been raising his family firing so far. Play one more year, and – I just don't – It's when a guy's been beaten like Rodgers and Brady, they're very unlikely to say right away, I'll be back. Right. You know, they want to think about it, and I don't blame them. Right. No doubt about it. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We found out earlier today, John, that Todd Bowles is going to come into Vegas and interview with Mark Davis for the open head coaching position. Now, he doesn't have a very good record, but he was with the Jets and he was an interim with Miami. What do you think about Todd Bowles as the head coach again? Have the Raiders hired their general manager yet? No, not yet. Why in the world is Mark Davis conducting a coaching search? The general manager should conduct the coaching search. They're doing it backwards. Get your GM in there and then let him hire the coach, not Mark Davis. We saw what happened last time Mark Davis hired a coach. So I think they got it backwards. It is an attractive job. Uh, In fact, I just read on NFL.com when they ranked all the jobs, Raiders were first, Texans were last. And if you get a new GM that comes in and Mark Davis says, well, I want to hire this guy or that guy, and the GM has to take him, the GM might not even want him. And then you're just asking for disaster. Right. No, that's that's true. That's, I've been saying that on the show, that it, it needs to go GM, then head coach, and, and then let everything happen after that. Well, speaking of GM, how about Ed Dodds? I don't know if I asked you about him before. He's a guy that's been highly sought after. He's, in fact, going to interview for the open GM position with the Raiders. What are you hearing about Ed Dodds across the league? He's done a really good job at Indianapolis. He's very highly thought of. He's interviewed some in the past. There's a couple he's turned down. I kind of think that he's like 
uh, his boss, Chris Ballard, was when he was at Kansas City. He did a couple of interviews. He turned down some more. He was waiting for the right situation, knowing that if you're a general manager and you're fired, you don't, most of them don't get second chances. So you come to the Raiders, you got a great stadium, great city, great practice facility. If Mark Davis has showed he'll spend money, mm-hmm. you know, got a good quarterback in Derek Carr, team that was in the playoffs. Not many times as a team, I mean, does a, does a new coach get to inherit a playoff team? And I think, and I'll tell you something else. If I'm the GM there and I hire a coach and I'm that coach, I'm, I'm, maybe it's an awkward situation, but I'm asking Rich Passaccia, would you have interest in staying here and doing, being assistant head coach and special teams coordinator and helping me and seeing if he's interested in that? He may love it. He may have a, he, I'm sure he'll have other opportunities, mm-hmm. but that's just something that I would consider. But I think he is a terrific head, uh, general manager. Uh, prospect. There you go. Well, I know a lot of Raider Nation is excited about the possibility of Ed Dodds being that guy. Uh, he's turned down other jobs, but apparently he's coming in for an interview with the Raiders, so that's a good sign. Let me ask you real quick about other head coaching job openings. Are you surprised that none as far as head coaches have been filled yet? It seems to make you a lot more guys are getting interviewed. starts with the Rooney Rule. It's been modified. You have to interview two minorities, and you can interview 20 if you want, but one has to be in person. Both can be, but one can be on a Zoom. So I noticed teams are interviewing more minorities than ever before. Now, you hope some of those guys get, get like Brian Flores, I'm sure will get one. Maybe Byron Leftwich gets a job at Jacksonville where he played, but our teams are waiting longer than they've ever waited. Last year, the Texans hired David Culley as last, and that was about three days from now. So teams are going at a slower pace. They're doing a better job in the interview process, but only time will tell if these coaches and GMs are going to be any better than when they jumped on them right away. All right, John, it's championship weekend. (laughs) How do you have the four teams ranking out if you had to rank them one through four? Kansas City would be number one for me. I've thought all along that they were the best team in the in the AFC, at Green Bay number one, and I would put uh, the Rams two, and this is a terrible thing. I put Cincinnati three and San Francisco four, mainly because of the quarterback Jimmy G. Forty ers swept the Rams. I don't see them beating them three times. They have owned the Rams, and this is one reason. Sean McVay went all in with Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham Jr and uh, Ron Miller and all those veterans he's brought in was to win a Super Bowl now. I think they'll beat the Niners. And then the Bengals beat the Chiefs in a come-for-mine victory in regular season. I do not see the Bengals beating Patrick Mahomes twice in one season. All right, John, so I've got to ask you about Jimmy G. Have you seen a quarterback be so ineffective but the team be so successful? Because the last quarterback I can think of, maybe an Eli Manning if you want to throw him in that category, or Trent Dilfer, but it just amazes me how the team keeps winning in spite of him. Well, at least at least Eli had two incredible throws to win Super Bowls. Now, Trent Dilfer won with the Ravens because they had the best defense mm-hmm. in history. And Jimmy G, all they want him to do is don't 
turn it over. <laughs> and this is great for him because I'm guessing he'll be traded, and uh, they want to play Trey Lance, and this might help him get a higher draft choice. It might. It, it really might. And I'll tell you what, if that comes back to burn them, man, if they get rid of Jimmy G and then Trey Lance goes out there and bombs <laughs> it, man, everyone's going to be, man, they're going to be throwing rocks at that car when it's running through. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how it all it's shakes out. It's kind of like in Tennessee. If they move on for Tannehill and he goes somewhere else and yep. goes to the Super Bowl, nobody can complain about it because all the fans and media want it to happen. There's no hindsight being 2020 when you get what you wish for. And if Jimmy Garoppolo goes somewhere else and goes to the Super Bowl and Trey Lance doesn't, that's what everybody wanted, and that's what's going to happen. Right, exactly. Good stuff right there. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL with us here on Unnecessary Roughness. What do you have coming out, John, on Texas Sports Nation that we need to be on the lookout for? I've got columns on uh, how the next Texans coach is going to be so much better off than David Culley was a year ago and how way ahead the young great quarterbacks are in the AFC and the NFC, which has relied on Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady uh, the, last two, the last two years, and then Drew Brees before that. They got to catch up. Yeah, they do. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned the Texans head coach. Uh, is Josh McCown really in the, in the running? He's been interviewed now two years in a row. I don't know why in the heck they would interview him a second time if they weren't interested in hiring him, he would be a great addition to the staff as a position coach. Mm -hmm. But I think it's preposterous to hire a head coach who has no experience, and that's an insult to so many worthy candidates out there. No doubt. Absolutely. Well, John, great stuff as always. Always great to catch up with you. I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cue DeMond, thank you guys very much as always. All right, there he goes. The great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL, always bringing the heat. I'm glad he mentioned the Texans head coach because that was something I actually had written down on my notes. Ask him about Josh McCown and what in the hell is the, 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 the big to-do about Josh McCown? Hey, man, sometimes you got to have friends in high places. Well, speaking of friends in high places, there's a Hall of Fame that has been announced. One guy's in, one guy's not. We'll tell you about it next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Raider, hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. In his final year on the Hall of Fame ballot, Barry Bonds ended up at 66%. One of the best players in baseball history won't be in a museum about baseball. Jeff Passan from ESPN, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling were not chosen for the Hall of Fame in their 10th and final year on the writer's ballot. They're expected to be on the today's game ballot in December. But Big Poppy is in, baby! One guy made it into the Hall of Fame, and it's Big Poppy. And you know why Big Poppy's in the Hall of Fame? Because people like Big Poppy. Exactly. That's the only reason. His name was on the Mitchell Report. You're telling me a guy was 28, almost 30 years old, and then he just magically becomes good at baseball? I'm not buying it. Did, did, he did get through the rest of his career. Never failed a drug test. I know somebody might throw that in my face. But still, I'm not buying it. I hear you. He was using. No, I mean, I, hey, look. 
And at this point, and I, I, I've been very adamant about this. For the longest, I was like, hey, the guys that used, you know, steroids, and, and we believe you steroids, the Maguires, the Bonds, the Shillings, the Clemens, keep them out, keep them out, keep them out. But that was just me being very stubborn and just being about myself and, and not about myself, but just stuck in my own way. And at some point, I don't know who it was who said, yeah, but you can't talk about baseball without talking about those guys. And then let's not forget all the money they made baseball. What was that? The race of 98? How they made like I a mean, they say 30 for Bonds 30 about and, it. Bonds and McGuire save baseball. Exactly. Why are you we're angry? Why so out. angry? I'm angry at I mean, baseball. It's, it's going to be okay. Ba- no, 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 it's not going to be okay. Man. I'm tired of baseball. This dude. Is, and that's why they're going to bring robots in the game. You know what, baseball? You're ruining yourself. You're, well, you're, yeah. I just oh, think the, the locking the players out, baseball owners, baseball writers. Come on, guys, you guys are ruining the game yourself. I just think it's a shame that Bonds isn't going to end up in the in the Hall of Fame. That's just it. Just really is a shame. Uh, again, like I said, I've been against him be, getting in for a very long time, but uh, I, I can't I can't uh, justify him not being in there because you cannot tell the story of the Hall of Fame without putting Barry Bonds in that story, and that's what it's supposed to be about, right? Exactly. Unless unless you're my guy Will at the barbershop. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but Will, for some reason, when I walk in the barbershop, Will wants to get on my helmet. I don't know what it is, but Will always wants to start bringing up some stuff from the from the from uh, about the Hall of Fame and start pulling up little facts on his phone. I don't know what it is. And steroids made baseball <laughs> more fun. Let's admit it. <laughs> Shout out to my guy Will, man, in the cut barbershop. Shout him out, man. That's my guy. Baseball should be thanking steroids. I mean, I don't know if they should thank him, but they did. That that summer was amazing. It was a hell of a summer. I didn't miss anything. I was watching Bonds versus McGuire all all summer long. It was awesome. It really was. So uh, you're you're right about that. It's it's a shame that uh, they're not in there. Uh, Jeff hit us up on Twitter and said, "Q you should ask McLean about D'Amico Ryan's. He covered Ryan's career with his, with the Texans." And you're right, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't do that. He has talked about D'Amico Ryan's on the show before. He's talked about he's highly um, you know respected. He actually suggested him as a head coach for the Texans. So I know he talked highly about him. I just I didn't think about D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, I guess we had so much conversation about him yesterday that I didn't think about him today. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one, Jeff. And uh, if the Raiders still don't have a head coach by next week, maybe I'll, I'll I'll bring him up. Maybe I'll write it down. Matter of fact, I'll write it down right now. And if they don't have a head coach by next week, then we'll get to that conversation. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Big Jose from San Jose. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, next time you get John McClain on, can you get him to give you a yippee ki I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I wonder how many times he's heard that joke. Right? Hey, but um, I got a Mount, Rush, Mount Rushmore of you of bad quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. Okay. Here we go. Brad Johnson. Yep. Flacco. Yep. Dilfer. Yep. And Manning, insert either one, Eli or Peyton the last year. Yeah, I wouldn't include Eli in that. And Peyton, I mean, it's still Peyton Manning, even though it was the defense yeah. that, that led him to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it's still Manning, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put those guys on there. All right. Hey, hey, another thing I got a trade for you for for, uh, for Peyton. Let's give him – we'll give him, give him our, our number one next year, which is number 22, so it don't matter, and Mariota. And if we go to the Super Bowl, a conditional first round the following year or our second round if we don't. How about that? Okay. And thirdly – and thirdly, Ziegler, I like him as a candidate for our job. But what if we do go defense and he brings in Brian Flores? I like. I would like that. What, what do you think? Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. I like Brian Flores. I do. I know that he has a an issue keeping offensive coordinators around. I do know that. But I like Brian Flores a lot. 
I'm a big Brian Flores guy. I wouldn't uh, have any problem with that. Ziegler is, uh, of course, from the Patriots tree. He's there in New England right now. Uh, he's potentially going to be, or he's a candidate right now for the Raiders GM job. So that would be uh, something right there. As far as Peyton goes and interviewing or um, and trying to make a trade for him, Mariota is a free agent. He's gonna. He's he's a free agent. He's he's one of the guys that uh, Tashawn Reed put out in his piece that uh, the the Raiders don't have control of him. He's an unrestricted free agent uh, when the free agency opens up. So the Raiders can't trade him because he's not under control. So that's one thing right there. Uh, the, giving up the number twenty two overall pick for for Sean Payton. Um, I, I don't I don't think that the Raiders are in position where they can do that. I think that they need to go ahead and stack the try to stack the cover with as much talent as possible. Uh, I just I just don't see it happening. Plus, on top of that, I don't think he coaches at all this year. I think that he's going to at least take one year off and then he'll recharge and then be ready to come back the following season. So that should be interesting on what team he ends up going to. Uh, John made a great reason and a great um, you know argument for why he wouldn't go to the Cowboys, a team that I thought he was actually going to go to. Let's get in one more call before we get to our next guest. Let's go to H in Albuquerque. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Q? Blessed, man. How are you? Hey, let me put my uh, – I'm well, thank you. Let me put my conspiracy, conspiracy mind to work real quick. A couple points. Um, Basaccia, he was the perfect interim coach. Uh, a humble, emotionally uh, mature man who, you know, filled in perfectly. But I don't think that's going to work long term. He's not a viable candidate. But And I also think it's curious, Gus Bradley hasn't been granted an interview. He flipped the defense, had, was prior head coach before. I would think if he asked, the Raiders would at least grant him a courtesy interview and we'd hear about that. Right. Um, and then lastly, uh, like John McClain had said, what's Mark Davis doing uh, interviewing head coaches? He's already admitted he doesn't know enough about football. And it makes me think he's just flipping stones and maybe gathering info like he did bringing in Mike Shanahan several years ago, and he didn't really intend to hire him anyway. Right. Um, it leads me to think, I wonder if he already has that, that head coach in mind. Very possible, very possible. Good call. And that's the thing about it, and that's what I, I was saying at the beginning of the show. I think that Mark Davis is talking to a whole bunch of different candidates, and I think, and this is just my gut feeling, I don't know anything, I think that he's – Getting that information, like you're saying, he may be doing due diligence for multiple other reasons besides just the head coaching position. He could get him in the interview for the head coaching position, but he might be, like you mentioned, gathering information for someone else, for a GM that's going to come in. Well, what did you think about that guy when you talked to him? What did you think about that guy? Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say because he can bring him in, and obviously the GM will have some say, but he can say, this is who I like. Right. And the GM can take it or leave it, but it's important that the owner likes who the head coach is. I know right. some people, because then you could have a Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson situation. Right. If it's just like, man, I don't care about the winning. Get him out of here, because I just don't like him as a person. Well, and the people that he's talked to, the GMs, they might have said, hey, these are the guys on my short list. And he might say, okay, well, let me talk to them, too. I want to, you know, kind of get the the inside from them as well and, and get my feeling for them. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into it. Uh, again, I think the order of operations that the Raiders are doing is correct. I think they ultimately are going to hire the GM before they hire the head coach. But I just think that there's a lot of uh, fact-finding and information going on right now. Speaking of information, Derek Duncan, A7FL.com. He's got four teams here in Las Vegas that are going to be competing in seven-on-seven tackle football with no pads. We're going to talk to Derek next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. The show is called Unnecessary Roughness. We love it each and every day. Bring it to you from 2 to 4 p.m. But our next guest 
is all about the roughness. And none of it is unnecessary in his world. Talking about Derek Duncan. He is representing the Nevada chapter for the A7FL. That's a 7-on-7 football league. That is tackle football, Derek, with no pads. But it's tackle football. As I bring you into the show, kind of give us a skinny. Break it down on exactly how you have a 7-on-7 football league with no pads and no helmets. Well, thank you for the invite, Q. I really appreciate it. Uh, And thank you for the wonderful introduction. Uh, So uh, I guess the easiest way to explain it is I'm sure most of our Sports Talk Radio fans have seen a rugby game before. Yeah. So imagine rugby tackling with American football rules, and that's what we're bringing to the Valley. So rugby is a beautiful sport uh, with a lot less injuries than padded padded football with helmets. So we've figured out a way to combine the two to make actually a safer and what we would consider a more exciting game. Uh, and we're hoping Vegas bites and loves it the way we do. No doubt about it. I mean, it, it sounds exciting, you know, just doing a little bit of research and looking into it. Uh, I, I'm excited by it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play, but I'm going to uh, pay attention to it <laughs> and see how it's shaking out. But, Derek, I mean, you're the owner of the Nevada teams, and there's four of them, the Las Vegas uh, Insomnia. They got the Insomnia, the Snake Eyes. They got Edge and Pit Bosses. All those obviously are very much into with what Las Vegas, the theme of Las Vegas. How much fun was it trying to put this all together and get this thing established? The team name thing was a little difficult because obviously we're dealing with corporate who is national and based out of New Jersey. And you know how people that don't live in Vegas, which you have been yourself, view Las Vegas until you move here and understand what the actual city is about. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to make sure that they had names that appealed to the rest of the country, not just Las Vegas locals, where I was looking to make sure that it appealed to Las Vegas locals. So that's what... Edge actually developed from me telling him we should have a team called Mountains Edge. So it just became the Las Vegas mm, Edge. Okay. The, Insomni- the Insomniacs was their idea because they think that people stay up 24 hours a day in <laughs> Vegas because they don't, they don't have a 9-to-5 like I do. Right. right. <laughs> uh, the, the, pit, the pit bosses came about, came about because I know that that is a uh, position within the casino industry that everybody respects, and the people who are pit bosses are still cool people even though they're in an authority position. So. That's kind of how we arrived at some of those things, and I think Snake Eyes we both just really, really liked. I mean, it has all its positive and negative connotations. You know, you can win big with Snake Eyes, you can, uh, but most people lose big with Snake Eyes, so that's where we're at. Well, that's that. Hey, look, Snake Eyes, the team is going to want whoever they're playing to lose big, right? <laughs> they're going to they're going to say, you know, <laughs> they're going to say you got hit with Snake Eyes again. We're talking with Derek Duncan here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. So uh, I know that currently you're looking for players. You're trying to fill out these rosters. As far as the ideal type of player that you're looking for, what would that be? Man, so ultimately. People who are looking to still get a look at a D1 university or make a practice squad with the IFL or the NFL. That is our ideal person. Who we're actually going to end up with that's just as good is those guys that are 26, 27 years old. They may have had a stint in D1 or even uh, D2, but they they, they still love the game. They still have all the talent, and they miss the juice. We were out in uh, Tampa, Florida this last weekend for the Flag Football World Championships, and there is just a ton of talent around the country that plays flag football that wish they could hit, and those are the guys we're, we're grabbing first and foremost and turning them back into hitting players. 
So you're not looking for the guy that went to high school in Pahrump that uh, never got really on the field or on the court, but he has some kind of award like my co-host, Damon, here, right? That's not the guy you're that's, looking that's for. That's unnecessary. <laughs> that's yeah, unnecessary we, roughness. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I did play a little rugby in college before I figured out rugby isn't for me. <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't like contact, this is not the league for you. Let's Let's be real. But – just like the NFL, the guys who are smart, who are wide receivers, who are speed, and in this league, speed kills. The guys who are smart, when they're on the sidelines and they're about to get just absolutely laid out, they step out of bounds, just or they or they slide. Just like they, I mean, you saw Marvin Harrison and Isaac Bruce do that for years, mm-hmm. right? There's no different in our league. We got tons of people who are making business decisions, protecting their body because they want to get paid one day, and hopefully one day they'll be able to do it with us. But if not with us potentially in the IFL, potentially in the NFL, potentially Rugby Sevens, whatever that will be. All right, and speaking of contact, I looked on the website, on the league website, and there's like a little bit of, hey, in the NFL, you can't go a play without using your head or your or your helmet. And this is one of the great things about your league is that you're not using your, held, your head and because there is no helmet, there is no pads. So is there any validity to like the fact that concussions are less of an issue in this league as opposed to padded leagues? 100%. So put into perspective, right? Everyone with, when they think about CTE, they think of the big hit, like, like Vontez Burfecht taking out Antonio Brown years ago, right? Yeah. He yeah. ain't been right since. Did a number on but you that's ain't not, right. But that's not, the, that's not how CTE is usually developed. CTE is usually developed from small, multiple impacts, which is why boxers are, you know, after a 20 year career, they're slurring and punch drunk, right? It's because. All those little jabs that they took over 20, a 20-year 20 career added up to who they become, right? Tommy Hitman Hearns was my favorite boxer of all time. Mm. The dude can barely form a sentence that you can understand at this time because of all those repeated hits. Right. What we're doing is taking the helmet out of the game so people don't lead with their head. They protect their body. And if you played rugby, you will see that people are very, very, very careful about not putting their face in there because they don't want to lose their teeth if they can avoid it. They don't want their face rearranged if they can avoid it. Mm-hmm. No, you're right about that. Again, we're talking with Derek Duncan here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, talking about the A7FL League. And if you want information on it, A7FL.com. And, Derek, as I mentioned, you are looking for players. You're, you're trying to get people to sign up. I mean, there's, there's money that can be won in this league. Uh, if, if people are interested, they're hearing this interview and you know, their ears are perking up, how do they get signed up? So the easiest way to do it is to go to a7fl.com slash registration okay. or go to our Facebook page at a7flnv and there's a sign-up button right on the, on the front of the page. Or they can just show up at our uh, combine on February 6th, which appears like it's going to be at the Las Vegas Sports Park that has not been confirmed as okay. of yet, but I think we'll have confirmation later this week. All right, well, Demond, I don't want to see you showing up at the combine, man. You are not combine material. I'm just oh, saying. Come on, uh, I'm just saying. I might have to go out there and show you a little something. Derek, something. I'm just trying to save my man some embarrassment because he thinks he can do everything. So I'm trying to save him from going out there and embarrassing himself. And you wonder who is Q bringing me? Who is Q sending me? I'm not sending. If you, if a guy named Demond shows up, I didn't send him. I'm just gonna throw it out there to you. Well, well, let me just go ahead and say we do have two ineligible receiver down linemen that he might be able to take on that role. However, <laughs> we're also about player development. There you so go. If there is someone who played high school football who didn't see the field but wants Not to me. have development, we are all about getting them into our league. We've teamed up with four different performance sports organizations in Las Vegas so they can take the combine information, pull you aside, have a one-on-one and say, hey, dog, here's what you need to work on. 
here's how we get you there. You can come do it with us or you can do it on your own, but we're setting that platform for you. I like that. I like that. Now let me ask you this question. Uh, how, how long is the season anticipated to be? And I know it starts in the spring. Yeah, so uh, it kicks off March 27th. It's going to be eight games, but we're going to skip the Memorial Day weekend and okay. Easter weekend. So that's going to push out to be a 10-week season and then one to two weeks of local playoffs and then a national playoff. All right. So the winner of the Nevada division will travel to, or if we are the number one seed, they'll travel to us and we'll play here. If we're a lower seed, then we have to travel to play them, and the league covers those travel fees. All of our registration fees cover the uniforms, the ref fees. So it's not like flag football where you pay your fee, then you got to go buy your uniform, then you got to pay the refs every week. That's all covered in our registration. We are getting sponsors that are going to cover some of those costs, and you might end up playing for free. Heck, you might even end up getting paid if we get the right sponsor. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, look, you're talking my language now, man. If it ain't free, it ain't me. That's how I roll. A7FL.com slash registration. That's how you get registered today. If you want to sign up for this, I think it's going to be uh, an awesome opportunity for you. Again, four teams here in Las Vegas. Uh, you got the Insomniacs. You got Snake Eyes, Edge, and the Pit Bosses. And, uh, Derek, we do thank you. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, I, I want to come out and make sure I check out a few games. And I also want to make sure we check in with you again, you know, just to see how everything is going and maybe even uh, do it again before, you know, like your your combine and everything kicks off and all that good stuff. I would absolutely love that. I love the energy, man. Thank you so much for involving us in your show. I love this station. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, no problem. Thank you so much, man. Great stuff. That's Derek Duncan right there again. A7FL.com slash registration. If you are not Demon, you're anyone else and thinks you could play and you're ready to play, again, I wouldn't put Demon out there because, like, he ain't about that life. Like, this dude lifts weights. Might hurt some people. That's why. You ain't going to hurt nobody but your own pride. <laughs> so all that's going to get hurt is your pride, homeboy. So I'm not going to set you up for that, but do appreciate Derek uh, for the, the 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 time he gave us this afternoon and the information as well. Again, a7fl.com slash registration. 345 is the time. We'll be back in about 60 seconds. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. And all of a sudden, all the players, they come together. Mm -hmm. And they say when we come together, this locker room, and we hit the court at the Thomas and Mack, we are going to lay the smack down on them Lobos. Like that? Exactly. All right. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Joy! I am very happy to be here. Amen. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. I feel like I had a little bit of the rock in me at the end of that little drop there. I feel like I almost went into lay it the smack it down. And I'm not a wrestling guy. But, but I did. you know the you know the term. No, no, because I used to I, I talk trash. I love listening to the rock talk. I didn't give a rip about you know what I let me ask you this, since you're a wrestling guy. I'm glad you brought this I up. You, you see how I put this on you? You uh, brought this yeah, up. Yeah. I, you definitely didn't, but it's okay. <laughs> I always wondered, what was it, the people's elbow that he gave everyone? Yes, the people's okay. elbow. Okay. How in the blank does he go off one rope? To another rope, of course. to some kind of shimmy in the middle, come to a complete stop yep. in the middle, shimmy, and then drop his elbow and that be some kind of finishing move. Because usually the people's elbow is set up by the rock bottom. Okay. But so you get, you're getting why are we with, doing all this other thing? You're getting hit with two finishers. That's to seal the deal. It's the most electrifying move in all the sports it's entertainment. It's definitely not. It's, it's the, the, it's the no, most it's electrifying electric, he, he gets himself going. He goes He goes side to side, super fast. Got to take off the elbow sleeve. And then all of a sudden he stops. Like he stops every kind of momentum that he had going. He stops. 
comes to a complete stop, does a shimmy, and then drops his elbow. That's not that's not a big that's not a big deal. That followed by you know that rock bottom. That's what puts you out. That's what that's what's laying you out that rock bottom. I never but that understood that. Elbow, that's the icing on the cake. You're not getting up from that. I promise you. I did watch The Rock because he was funny. I, I enjoyed talking, or not talking to him, but listening to him. He, he was great talking. Again, I can give a rip about what he's doing in the ring. But I always wanted to ask somebody, what in the hell does that do? I mean, besides it's fake, but what does that move do? It's the icing on the cake. It's the most electrifying move in all the sports entertainment. Well, you know what's funny about icing on the cake? A lot of times when I get cake, I'm not really a big cake guy, but I take the icing off because it's not that good. Well, that's how that move is. Just not that good. Okay, well, sometimes, you know, you give them that rock bottom, but the people want it. When the people are like, when they're clamoring When for I the give move, the rock bottom, it's because the people want it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you want to go to promo school? We can cut a promo cue. <laughs> I know how to do production, homeboy. No, but you don't know how to cut a wrestling promo. Oh, no, no. Yeah, come on, that's a different kind of promo. Well, okay, what would, how would I cut a wrestling <laughs> promo? Well, first off, we need to know who you're beefing with. You. Okay, you're beefing with me. <laughs> All right, so make sure. I already won. Okay, well, you're beefing with me. But first off, you've got to talk me up a little bit because if I'm a tomato can, nobody wants to see you beat a tomato can. You know, so you at least, you know, I've got to be a worthy adversary. Oh, okay. So and I got to pump up your head and swell you up a little bit. A little bit, you know, okay. because if you're just like, yo, this guy's a piece of garbage. Well, why right. do I want to see you be the piece of garbage? Good point. Good point. And then you got to tell people where can they find this showdown at. You know, so then you got to let people know where it's taking place, the when and where. At the corner of Flamingo Rango. There you go. <laughs> 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Raider Mike. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's up, D? Tell it, man. Tell it. Um, <laughs> several subjects to cover here, guys. Uh, I'm with you guys. Big Mac and Sammy were must-see TV back in 98. Even though Bond's head grew four sizes as far as hat sizes, they, they all got to go in. I mean, Clemens, et cetera, et cetera. They, without them, there was no baseball while we were, were watching it growing up. So I, right. Whatever. Um, the head coach, if you're going to, why hire Bulls when Basachi's right there and he has the team that's so I can't go with Bulls and then Dodds. I want big time because of his eye on the draft. He has killed it Mm -hmm. for several years. He has Raider blood in him and it's going to be his decision anyway, whether we keep Basachi or not. Agreed. And if we don't, let's go get the enemy. Take the DB enemy over B enemy lines into the silver and black because he would know how to beat KC better than anybody at this point. Um, and I'd love to see Bradley stay and convince B enemy to keep Bradley and bind his OC. Um, is what I'd like to see go on. Uh, it looks like Devon, I'm a little sick, guys. That's why I don't sound my normal self. Anyway, as far as Devonte, we all want him. I think he's going to get franchised. Also, <clears throat> the writing kind of and the vibe is on the wall that I think Rodgers is going to stay yep. in Green Bay. So I say to go get Allen Robinson or take uh, our 22nd pick and get a killer, uh, killer wide receiver at that point. Um, I know there's, there's one will, will be available. There's plenty. As far as the uh, 14s playing this weekend, this is tough. The Muppet King and his kingdom cannot rise, KC. Cincinnati, they just beat us. Curse of Bo. L.A., we want to still be the only T 
team to have a, a title in L.A., that bragging right, because they won theirs in St. Louis. And in Frisco, geez, we hate the whiners. <laughs> right, say no more. So this, this sucks <laughs> across the board. So I got to go with the Bungles, because they, they're 0-2 in the Super Bowl, and it was against the whiners. So that's my takes for the day. It's about all the energy I got, boys. I Love hear the you. Show. Keep up the good work. Peace. All right, man. Appreciate you, man. Hope you feel better. That was Raider Mike right there. Lots to unload. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, man, I haven't thought about it like that. The four teams this weekend, you don't want the Chiefs, obviously, to advance. Again, I, I said on a Sunday, man, Sunday night, I grabbed another margarita when I thought the Bills were winning. I was about to celebrate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was about to get my party on my fiesta. I was going to stand up with my, uh, with my female and with my wife. And, and, yeah, anyway, I can't do all that. But uh, I, I lost track of it. I was in the zone, dog. Senorita was right there. Yeah, Senorita yeah, was. was. I couldn't think of it. Couldn't think of it. Senorita, just well, there was another, it. there was another word that popped in my head, and I realized for the sake of <laughs> wanting to be able to go home and not you know, get kicked out the house, I didn't want to use that word. So I almost I almost got myself in trouble there. So senorita I need to bring was it up. right there. It just was. waiting for you to grab it. I just, know. Just it was. Senorita. I didn't do it. My, my bad. My, my. my bad. <laughs> My, my, my. I felt like Johnny Gill for a minute. My fault. <laughs> Work with me. I was trying. Boy, we're not going to replay this show at the house and get myself in all kind of trouble. I'll tell you why later. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's tough to decide what you want to do, man. Kansas City, do you want the Bengals to win who just beat the Raiders, beat them twice this year? Do you want the Rams to win? So who did you want to win that Super Bowl two years ago? Oh, San Francisco and Kansas City. Yeah. I was at that one. That was a tough one. I I I didn't I didn't care. I was just happy to be there. I was in Miami. J Lo was performing. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. J Lo and Pitbull performed before. Two of my favorites. I was good. Have you have you hung out with Pitbull before? No, I don't. even the worst, oh even the worst looking females, guy. even the worst looking females that are hanging out with Pitbull are still good looking. You're worse than the person that's like they're better live. You got to see them live. No, because no. obviously that means that's the dropper. No, I saw him live. No, I don't care about you're his performance. Than, no, but I I'm just, saying you're worse than that guy. No, because I, I know people that's like, oh, have you seen him live? I don't better. care about that person. I just, hey, I care about the company he keeps. And then you're also, that's all you're, I care about. You don't ask that question if you haven't hung out with Pitbull. Before. No, I'm serious because that's a great. That's you should do it. That's great company to keep. All right, Pitbull. If I had you one know, person, Mr. Worldwide, let's if go. I had one person I could hang out with, it wouldn't be Vinny. And it wouldn't be you. It'd be Pitbull. Because the company, Sorry, the company that Pitbull keeps with himself is fantastic. Again, even the ones that aren't fantastic are fantastic in my world. <laughs> a five in his world is like an 18 in mine. All right? We're from two different planets, homeboy. <laughs> Dolly. <laughs> Dolly. <laughs> Speaking of Dolly, Vinny's up next. <laughs> Vinny Monsignor is going to take you home 4 to 6 p.m. He's got two hours long, two hours strong. Lots of good stuff. Of course, he's going to dive into the GM talk. He's going to dive into head coaching talk. There's going to be plenty that Vinny's going to do. Plus, he's going to hear from you, 702-365-9200. I know we got a couple callers on hold, but uh, don't worry. Don't go anywhere. Vinny will get to you in a hot, quick minute. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Unnecessary Roughness each and every day, 2 to 4 p.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920.